Welcome to Shatterproof. I am your host, Todd Callahan. We've got an incredible conversation today. Should Christians, should pastors, should people of faith be involved in the conversation that's happening in our culture right now? We're going to talk about it. This is going to be a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Share this podcast. Share this episode. You can connect with me online at ignitechurchvt.com. You can download our app by searching your Google Play Store and your app store and searching for Ignite Church VT. And you can follow me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You don't want to miss this moment. You don't want to miss this conversation. I'll be right back. Well, if you don't think we are in a spiritual battle, if you don't think that there are issues with the morality and the integrity of the hearts of humanity in this culture right now, just listen. Just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only. (laughs) It is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul. Let me bleed on you. (laughs) It doesn't not happen. Let me tell you, maybe not exactly like that, but it, a version of that has happened many times. It's just a. So Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are just each other's blood type, apparently. Um, they, you know, She's confirming in this interview that they do, in fact, drink each other's blood. But don't worry about it. It's only for ritualistic purposes only, so it's, it's, it's not a problem. It's sickening to see where we are as a culture right now. It's absolutely disgusting to see the perversion that's taking place within our culture. And You know, when you go back over the past couple of years, and if you go back to when politicians were closing down everything or attempting to close down everything, one of the greatest areas that they sought to close down were churches. Because as you look back over the past 24 months, they did not want the morality to supersede what you were being told by politicians and and by those they deemed scientists and health officials. And I think that as the years go by, the months and years go by, we're going to begin to see all of the dark things that were implemented in this season that we've just experienced over the past two years. If you look at everything that's happening with Disney right now, as Disney's being exposed, and you realize that there truly was an indoctrination attempt and is an indoctrination attempt taking place to get at the core of our young people to water down their morals, to water water down their morality, to take away and remove the absolute truth that the Word of God presents to us as Christians that we then implement and plant into the hearts of our children, because it is our responsibility as parents to train up a child in the way they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. We don't give that that um, um, that command to our public school systems or to our private schools. You know, that's why it's very important that in this time and age that we're in right now, that homeschooling, if that is an option for you, if you can do that, please do that for your children. Don't turn them over to these public school indoctrination camps, and then you have to go home and try to undo everything that a school uh, has done for the last seven or eight hours to your children. And then you get an hour or two at home with them before the cycle repeats again, that you have to undo all of that mess that they've indoctrinated 
uh, them with. So there's all kinds of things taking place in our country and our culture right now. And contrary to uh, you know current public opinion, there is such a thing as absolute truth. It's found in the Word of God. There's a problem, however, with our society, and though it it never quite gets the headlines, it is slowly eroding the foundations of our society. What is the hidden danger, the menace that is causing the immeasurable amounts of suffering and, and, and moral decay in our society, even within the church? Moral relativism is the prevailing philosophy of our day that teaches there is no absolute truth, and that all philosophies, all religions, all opinions are equally valid with no way to distinguish one as being morally superior to others. Let me give you another term that you will be able to relate this to, and it's tolerance. Tolerance, it's the philosophy that's taught in our schools, uh, in our colleges, in our universities, all over the media, that there is nothing that is true everywhere so that everything is true somewhere. But here's the thing, moral relativism or tolerance is so dangerous because it is an intellectually bankrupt, morally bankrupt, and completely anti-Christian philosophy, which pulls the foundations of our society out from under us. Sooner or later, there are dire consequences, and we're seeing that in our culture right now with the effects of making statements that we're, we, we just heard about drinking one another's blood for ritualistic purposes. Do you remember if you would go back a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago when this conversation really became the forefront as it relates to Hollywood and all of the um, ritualistic and demonic, satanic things that were happening, they were just considered conspiracy theories. People were being having their pages removed and their posts removed. Well, you've got someone who's in the midst of Hollywood like Megan Fox. You've got someone who is is just putting that out there with face value saying, yeah, my husband and I do this for, for ritualistic purposes. Well, let me tell you something. They're not doing it for fun. There is something spiritually associated with that that is most likely happening all over the Hollywood spectrum. But yet Chick-fil-A gets deemed to be um, um, bigoted and homophobic and, and um, um, all of these labels are put out on someone like Chick-fil-A just because they say we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. So when it comes to knowing what is true, we can either follow the world's advice or we can follow God's word. And the source that we use for truth and instruction in our lives will either lead us to clarity or confusion. It's amazing to me, and you know, it's, my, it, it's amazing to me when you, when you look at what's happening with social media right now, and everyone is kind of freaking out one way or the other about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Think about what happened the past two years where there was intentional deception, and there were, quote, fact checkers. Do you remember those guys? They, they kind of quoted you, um, what you said or what post you put out there. They would quote take that quote and make a decision on whether or not it was true or not based on who fact check it, who did the fact checking. It was amazing to see all this stuff play out over the past two years. So there was an attempt to redefine what was truth, what was absolute morality, what was um, a statement that carried integrity. They would define that for us. But it's my hope that as we think about all of these things happening in our culture right now, that we will be able to push back the curtain of moral confusion and discover the joy of living in the light of clarity regarding the moral issues that we all face individually 
and culturally. And I believe that we've got to think critically about the whole notion of moral relativism and tolerance. I believe that we've got to commit to following the Bible as our sure source of moral absolutes, and we've got to learn to deal with those who reject biblical truth. There are those that will fact check biblical truth and they will remove a post or they'll say that it's not right or it's, um, you know, your opinion, therefore, because it's your opinion or because it's not something that the masses may agree with, it can't be posted. And if you don't think that this stuff is important, I want you to consider these these following statistics. According to a, a survey um, recently done by Barna Research, about three quarters of all adults in America rejected the notion that there are absolute moral truths. Most Americans believe that all truth is relative to the situation and the individuals involved. I saw a statistic the other day that said coming out of COVID, the amount of Christians that were surveyed in this poll, they said 68% of them no longer read their Bible the way that they did prior to COVID. It's because the culture had taught you now to be glued to your television, be glued to your computer, have your phone in front of you, have your iPad in front of you, and you were being inundated with what social media was saying, with what the news was saying, and they pulled you away from what God needed to pull you into, especially over the past two years. At least 80% of our teenagers embraced the same position regarding moral truths. The survey said not only did more than four out of five teenagers say there is no absolute moral truth, four out of five also claimed that nobody can know for certain whether or not They actually know what truth is. In other words, who are we as Christians to set a standard on what is right and wrong? Who are we as believers to allow the word of God to set a standard? After all, no one can state that is fact, right? It's only personal opinion based on your belief system in the eyes of culture. Only 6% of teenagers and 9% of born-again teenagers believe in moral absolutes. So clearly the church is missing something. And the time, I believe, is right now, especially coming out of the past two years, to start speaking up about the problems that are inerrant in moral relativism and tolerance. So, you know, I mean, I've got my issues with Elon Musk. There, there are things that I really don't agree with him and appreciate and value, um, you know, with, with things that he said and done. But people are freaking out both ways about this acquisition of Twitter. Uh, you know, and it's my hope that he does reestablish specific accounts who um, um, the, the former Twitter oversight was taking away because they didn't agree with what they were saying. But again, you know, we, we've got to be careful all the way around that we're not silencing voices that we disagree with. I believe it's important that we have voices around us that we disagree with. Otherwise, we'll never truly know who they are, what they believe, and whether or not we can truly run with them or not. You know, I, I don't want to silence the people in my life that I disagree with. I've got to know what they believe. I got to know who they are. I got to know where they stand. I got to know what they, you know, what, what kind of life they live. So if there is no absolute truth in spiritual matters, we are forced to accept contradictory truths. Here's an example. Jesus claimed he is the only truth and only way to God that no one can come to the Father except through him. Now, Islam claims that Christianity is false. So how can they both be true? They can't both be true for some and not for others. They make claims of exclusivity. So Jesus did not qualify his remarks by saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life for Palestinian Jews, Western Europeans. Uh, You know, he claimed to be the only way for everybody. Islam, however, declares that Israel should be destroyed. Pacifism would reject that. So 
which is right. Why should I listen to someone's religious philosophy if, if mine is just as valid, even if it means I have moral freedom and maybe even a moral obligation to, say, kill others in the name of my religion or philosophy? You cannot have mutually exclusive viewpoints be true. One must be right and another wrong. That's why it's very important to not listen to leaders who are pushing and, and propagating Chrislam which is a blend of Christianity and Islam. The Bible specifically says this kind of false idolatry and this kind of false teaching will happen in the end times. Not only are we experiencing one of the greatest uh, tests of our faith, but we are experiencing a great test of what we listen to, what we believe, what we believe to be true, and what we are allowing to water down the truth of the word of God. So, you must be willing to consider the option that though it may be difficult to discover the truth, this does not mean that truth does not exist, but an even bigger problem arises from the idea that there are no moral absolutes. And this is where I believe we see the demise of Christianity in our current culture. Uh, and, and I believe that, that we're, we're, there's an awakening that's happening right now, which is why you see organizations like CNN fail at their CNN plus launch because people don't want to listen to that garbage anymore. People realize that there is intentional indoctrination and that there is an intentional watering down of the truth that causes confusion, it causes chaos, and it causes division. But here's my thing right now. If there is no absolute moral truth, there is no basis for morality. The Department of Education, their, one of their biology teachers um, who are, who are, who are have, I guess, have been assigned to teach within a certain sphere, just made a statement this week that said ovaries produce eggs, not women. Now, <laughs> the stupidity, the ignorance is just, is just dumbfounding. Ovaries produce eggs, not women. Are we really going to allow our children and, and Gen Z right now to sit before these kind of, you know, excuse me for saying it, but these kind of morons? I mean, they are intentionally going after a generation that we need to carry on the torch of truth and biblical morality for generations to come and for decades to come. Listen, when my days on this earth are done, I need to know that my grandkids, my great-grandchildren have all been seated with the truth of the word of God through their parents, through their grandparents, through everybody in their life who are important to them. I need to know that we've seated the truth of the word of God into them, and they are going to carry that out for generations to come. We are in a cultural war for truth, for morality, and for absolute values in this nation and around, and around the globe, but especially in America. We have to stand and we have to fight against what the enemy is using right now to confuse this generation. So when, when it gets down to the, you know, the, the statement of there, there is no absolute moral truth. There is no basis for morality. Okay. So say a thief is staking out a jewelry store so he can rob it. And he's entered in to check out any visible alarm settings, layouts, um, locks, whatever. And in the process, he's unexpectedly gotten involved in a discussion with the owner of the jewelry store, whose hobby is the study of philosophy and believes that truth and morals are relative. So, everything is relative, right? The owner says. That's why I believe that all morals are not absolute and that right and wrong is up to the individual to determine within the confines of society. But there is no absolute right and wrong. So, this, the, you know, the thief responds, well, that's a very interesting perspective. 
I was brought up believing that there was a God and that there was right and wrong, but I abandoned all of that. And I agree with you that there's no absolute right and wrong and that we are free to do what we want to do. So the thief leaves the store and he returns that evening and he breaks in. He's disabled all the alarms and the locks and he's in the process of robbing the store. All of a sudden, the owner of the store enters through a side door. The thief pulls out a gun. The owner can't see the man's face because he's wearing a ski mask. Don't shoot me, the owner says, right? Please take whatever you want and leave me alone. Thief says, okay, well, that's exactly what I plan to do. And then the owner says, well, wait a minute, hold up. I know you. You're the man that was in the store earlier today. I recognize your voice. The thief says, well, that's really unfortunate for you because now you also know what I look like. And since I don't want to go to jail, I'm forced to kill you. So the owner says, well, wait, you can't do that. Why not? The owner says, because it's not right. But didn't you tell me today, the thief says, that there is no right and wrong? Yeah, but you got to understand, I have family and children that need me and, and, and a wife that needs me. So I'm, I'm sure that you're insured and that they'll get a lot of money, says the thief. But since there is no right and wrong, it makes no difference whether or not I kill you. And if I let you live, you will turn me in and I'll go to prison. Sorry, I'm not going to do that. I, I can't go to prison. So the owner says, but it's a crime against society to kill me. It's wrong because society says so. This is murder. And the robber says, as you can see, I don't recognize society's claim to impose morals on me. Remember, it's all relative. Please don't shoot me. I beg you. I promise not to tell anyone what you look like. I swear it. A thief says, but I don't believe you. I can't take that chance. The owner says, but it's true. I swear I'll tell no one. I'm sorry. But it cannot be true because there is no absolute truth, no right and wrong, no error, remember? So if I let you live, you'll so, you know, if I let you live and, 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 and then I let you go, you'll break your so-called promise to me because it's all relative. There's no way I could trust you. The owner says, but it's wrong to kill me. It just isn't right. So the thief says, it's neither right or wrong for me to kill you. Since truth is relative to the individual, if I kill you, well, that's my truth. And it's obviously true that if I let you live, I will go to prison. So I'm sorry, you have to be killed. No, please don't shoot me. I beg you. Begging makes no difference. In the end, if there really is no moral absolutes, no absolute truth, and there is no way to judge Hitler or Saddam Hussein or Joseph Stalin or Osama bin Laden, there's no way to judge them as being evil. They were just simply following the truth they believed in, right? There's no way to ever say anything is evil because that is an absolute moral judgment. That's what the culture would tell us right now. It is at this point when you begin to hear a story like that, or you begin to think about people who culture has deemed evil, it's at this point that the whole argument for moral relativism falls apart because there is no one who is willing to say that a Hitler was free to follow his own convictions and murder millions of innocent people. But even if someone concedes that moral absolutes must exist, an even bigger question is this, where do you find moral absolutes? Where do I go to discover the truth that does not change? If absolute truth exists, where can it be found? If you want to find truth that doesn't change, you'll, you'll want to limit your research parameters. I believe that you should only look at things that have stood the test of time. Only look at things which have worked for all segments of society, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, Western, Eastern, everywhere in between, at the risk of sounding 
intolerant. I believe that absolute truth can be found in three places. If you know me, you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know I really don't care what people say, what people think, um, or what political pundits may may uh, decipher um, based on what I say, but I believe that absolute truth is found in three places. Number one, in Jesus, John 14, 6. Number two, in Jesus' teachings, John 8, 31. And number three, in the Bible, John 17, 17, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. But don't take my word for it. In his own words, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In this passage, Jesus gives us a challenge, a truth challenge, because this verse tells us how it is we can discover the truth. And it starts by holding to Jesus's teachings. Start with Jesus. If you can't quite believe that the whole Bible is the source of truth, then at least start with the teachings of Jesus. Put them to the test. Use them as the morality authority in your life and see what happens. John 17, 17 specifically says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. What did he say was truth? His word, not our feelings, not cultural philosophies. God's word is truth. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 40, he said, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Jesus is the truth. Jesus's teachings are truth. God's word is truth. Absolute truth. You may say, well, Pastor Todd, I mean, a lot of culture doesn't believe in the Bible. So how do we get people who don't believe in the Bible to understand the truth of the word of God? This is the power of your testimony. This is why you've got to live your life of faith from the inside out. You don't just live it in the four walls of the church. You don't just live it in the confines of your home. You have to live it outwardly. In the relationships that you keep, in the things that you say, in the decisions that you make, in the attitude that you carry. I mean, if you go to work every day with a bad attitude, why would anybody want to be saved? If you go to work with a bad attitude and you're constantly talking about how much you love Jesus and you're, you're walking with God and you enjoy going to church and you enjoy all of these other activities that correlate with your faith, why in the world would people want to go to church with you? <laughs> why would they want to experience the Jesus that you say you live for and that you serve when you're miserable every time they're around you and you have a bad attitude every time you're around them? Your testimony is the power of your influence when people don't know the power and the authority of the word of God. So you say, well, I believe in the word, but the problem is whenever I try to appeal to scripture with my friends and my family or my coworkers, they kind of have a knee-jerk reaction against it. How do I get past these walls of defense? How can I deal with people who reject the truth of the Bible? You've got to treat people with gentleness and respect. Peter tells us that. He says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So yes, we need to know what the truth is about and what is right and what is wrong. We need to live it out even when we don't understand why God has instructed us to live that way. We need to hold out the truth like light in a world that's growing increasingly dark. So we don't need to, you know, go Bible thump people. 
Because it's far easier to denounce the wrong in this world and those who call evil things good than it is to demonstrate compassion, love, and the grace of Jesus. I can't get beyond the image of the Gospels and, 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 and um, um, you know, say, well, Jesus is just so fun to be around. He hung out with sinners. He had fun with them. But he never condoned as acceptable their sin and their behavior. We're in a day and age where not only do the, do the church now give culture a pass on sin, the church gives themselves a pass on sin and lives like the world. There seems to be no difference. We now go searching for a version of Jesus that we have created in our mind, not the Jesus of the Bible. The Bible says, you know, we are in the end days when people are desiring to have their ears tickled and they no longer have the, the truth of the word of God living in them. They're no longer convicted by the Holy Spirit. Their ears are tickled. The gospel's being sugarcoated and, 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 you know, it comes out like mashed potatoes out of the mouths of preachers because they're afraid of making people upset and, and they'll run out the back doors of the church. If we preach the kingdom of the word, the word of God and preach the kingdom as it is in the scripture, it will do all of the offending that it needs to do to bring correction to people's lives. Pastors just need to preach the word of God as it is. We need to make the word of God culturally understandable and relatable without watering it down and without sugarcoating it. And we would see generations saved. We've got people like Megan Fox. We've got people who've got millions upon millions upon millions of followers on social media. They see them all over the movies. And, you know, a young generation sees all of these influences and they hear them talking about sharing these blood rituals or they, they, they hear them talking about having open relationships like, like Will Smith and his wife. And, and, and a culture is indoctrinated with that right now. And we've got pastors that won't preach the truth. We've got Christians that won't operate and live their life and the lifestyle be reflective of the truth of the word of God because they want to find comfort in the culture. They don't want to have to represent something different because it's going to draw something out of them that's going to cause them to stand alone. That's what holiness is all about. Holiness is stepping out. It's being set apart. It's not being conformed to what's happening in the culture, but it's being, being set apart so that you look different than what's happening in the culture. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. So we have a church culture that's become intolerant to absolute truth and intolerant to cultural confirmations. The church now looks at gray areas to manipulate so we no longer have to deal with them from the pulpit to grow their numbers in church and increase their membership. Well, you know, you see, Jesus was a friend of sinners. That's, that's, that's why the second way to reach people who reject the absolute authority of the Bible is to demonstrate God's kindness towards people, as Romans 2 tells us. Romans 2, 4 says God's kindness leads you towards repentance. So arguments, proofs, and logic will not convince a heart to turn toward God in repentance. I don't care how many keyboard warriors are listening to my podcast right now. You got to understand you're not going to win people by having an argument on Facebook and Instagram. I don't care how many memes you post on social media. I don't care how many things that you try to articulate on social media and you hide behind a keyboard, a computer, or a phone. What is it that you represent when you are face-to-face -face with people? Demonstrating kindness and love and mercy toward people will change their life. Now, is this a tightrope walk? I mean, it absolutely is. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to abide in Christ every day and seek his wisdom for what to say and how to act when people seem upset by our, quote, intolerant views. And this is why, 
you know, when, when, when you look at, at what's happening all over the culture, this is why there is such a clash of belief systems right now. This is why you've got, you've got news uh, media personalities melting down on live television. That's why you've got a certain de- political demographic freaking out right now. That's why you've got the president of the United States. You've got Fauci. You've got all of these people completely at odds with people who stand for truth, freedom, and absolute morality. We must find it within ourselves to pledge to our life that we will never vary from the absolute truth of the word of God, that we will never abandon the way in which we should journey together in our faith. And Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. So if you are a believer who has been infected by the philosophy of moral relativism, I want to encourage you, not to believe for a moment longer that truth is relative. Renounce that destructive way of thinking and reaffirm your faith in God and his eternal, unchanging truth. If you're listening and you're not currently following Jesus, I hope, if nothing else, that I've said in this podcast today that you think critically about the whole notion of moral relativism. But more than that, I hope that you'll consider taking this, this, this challenge of truth that I'm essentially giving you right now that Jesus offers in John 8 and read the words of Jesus, follow them, and see what changes in your life. Put the words of Jesus to test in your life. I pray that you understand that God loves this world so much that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So you can't believe in Jesus and not believe in his words. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to follow his word. You're going to be a disciple of who he is and what the word of God says. You're going going to walk that out. Understand, Jesus specifically said that there's no way to get to the Father except through him. I encourage each and every one of you to repent, be baptized, learn to, to read the word of God, learn to make it a part of your life. There is such an attack from the enemy right now upon who you are, upon what your beliefs are, upon what you think upon what is true right now in this culture. And I admonish you, get before God, pray, worship, read the word of God, get get, have a spiritual awakening right now in this season. Let there be an awakening because there is such an attack upon what you and I believe right now. From our children, all the way up to what we're reading, what we're listening to, what we're paying, what, what, what has our ears right now is trying to conform us and, 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 and reshape us into a cultural belief system. There is such an attack on our pastors, on our churches right now, on the people of God, on truth and absolute morality, and it's up to you and I to carry it out. Listen, I pray for you all the time. I trust that God get a hold of your heart and strengthen you in this season that we are in right now, but hold steadfast to the truth of the word of God, and you will prosper in everything that you put your hand to do. Favor will fall when you get under the the, the release of heaven's favor. God is about to do something great, and I believe that we are on the brink of the greatest move of God that this nation and this globe has ever seen. Listen, connect with me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. Download our app and you can keep in touch and keep connected with everything that's happening at Ignite Church. You can search for that on your app store uh, and your Google Play store by searching for Ignite Church VT or you can connect with us online at IgniteChurchVT.com. I believe the best is yet to come for you and I will connect with you on the next episode of Shatterproof.